Today on Sharp Scratch, you'll learn why the hospital switchboard is the friend that you never knew you had, how using emotions can help you refer patients, and what it takes to make a med reg hang up the phone on you. And hey, listen to the end of the episode to hear how you can win a free subscription to the on-examination question bank. You're listening to Sharp Scratch, episode two, referring a patient without pissing off the medreg. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we get a bunch of medical students and an expert guest, that might be a doctor as it is today, together in a room to talk about the kind of things that you need to know to be a good medical student or a junior doctor, but that you can't really learn from medical school. I'm Lara Nunes-Mulder and I'm the editorial scholar at the BMJ and I'm a medical student at the University of Cambridge. So I'm joined in the studio again by amazing med students, Declan and Raihan. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so hi, I'm, I'm Declan. I'm a final year medical student at Norwich. Um, in August, I'll be uh, doing an academic job in Newcastle. And I've got various experiences of making referrals uh, to different doctors, both positive and negative. Oh, really? Raihan, would you like to introduce yourself? So my name's Raihan. I'm a fourth year medical student at Newcastle University. Um, I don't have any experience of patient referrals, but I've experienced making YouTube videos. <laughs> Maybe. Same Ooh, thing. fancy. Yeah. All right, we're also delighted to have, a, have with us in the studio today uh, our guest expert today, our dear and grumpy med reg, James. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm James Maguire. I'm a med reg based in South East London, so I do geriatric medicine normally, which is like the nice part of medicine, I like to think. Um, but this year I'm doing, I work at NHS England, uh, like as a year out, so. Uh, oh, that sounds cool. How'd you do it that? Is, it's really interesting, uh, just to get off the wards, <laughs> to try something <laughs> different. So we're here to talk today about making a patient referral. Um, and as med students, we learn all kinds of algorithms and management pathways at uni. And loads of them end with refer to specialists or seek senior support or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about, well, you guys have had maybe a little bit more experience than me, but I've I've never actually gone through what that final step means and how you do it. What do we actually have to include? What could we include to make it a bit better? What kind of tips have we got to possibly make a referral successful? So that's all the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today. And I... I'm coming from a completely blank slate here. I've got no idea. I know that you might involve picking up a phone or like using the computer system maybe. Um, And I imagine that when I'm let loose on the wards, I'm probably going to make quite a few mistakes to start with. So let's go to you first, James. Mm. in In a normal week, how many patient referrals do you get? Oh, it depends if you're on call or not. So when you're on call for medicine as the med reg, uh, I mean, it's some hospitals in the middle of winter, you'd be having a conversation with someone every three minutes or so. Three minutes? Yeah. Do you get anything else done? There are obviously <laughs> periods where it's less busy than that. But, it, yeah. you know, sometimes in the evenings, yeah, it gets crazy. Especially if there's then a cardiac arrest or, whatever, you know, mm. all this other stuff going on. And do you ever get exasperated with what you hear? Yeah, sometimes. Um, okay, so you mentioned you had you have lots of um, referrals a day what's the worst referral that you've ever had that is a good question there's been loads um and 
I was I've been thinking about a few I could give examples of. I guess one of them would be um, I once got referred a guy who was unconscious and I was quite worried, so I ran round to A E recess where the patient was and I found a, a guy sat up having a sandwich. Uh, <laughs> so there is a, a big group of the referrals that are really bad are the ones where it isn't as serious as you think it is. So so did the guy but, just did the did the person on the phone did they just straight up lie to you? What? Well the other Hey, it's better that they make it worse than it is than the other way around. So. But it used to, I mean, you said that was like one of the worst referrals. You yeah, were, you must well, I just it just stuck right? in my mind because he was like, it was so dramatic on the phone. <laughs> and I went around and he was literally having a chat with his family and having a sandwich. <laughs> what kind of sandwich? <laughs> oh, one of those really dry tuna sandwiches in hospitals. I don't think you can get them anywhere else. They're Do like you think you were having a nap, not unconscious? <laughs> well, I think prob- possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the so, other one? You said there were maybe a couple... Um, the other ones, I guess, the ones that make me really worried are the ones where you get quite a bland story and they, the person on the phone goes, oh, they're not that unwell, but I just want to talk to you about them. And then you get dig into the details a little bit. Like, what? Find, I want specifics, mate. Where's the juicy story Like, the story heart here? rate's 160, their blood pressure's crashingly low, and actually kind of have to stop the conversation and run to go and see the person to make sure they're not going to die. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're the ones that really worry me when uh, it's being kind of downplayed, it's not that serious, and then it actually turns out to be they're really unwell. The other example is so sometimes, like for some specialist centres, like in some of the big haematology centres, they have like a red cell reg, a white cell reg, an outpatient, inpatient. They've got like 25 regs. Um, you'll... Hang on, wait, wait, wait. So are these all... They're med, all med regs with different specialties. They're all hematology registrars, and oh, they all have bad. a very different type of thing they'll do with. And you'll be half an hour, like 10, 15 minutes into a conversation, and you'll find out you've got the wrong person. <laughs> um, and you end up having to... So you can spend it. like an hour doing one referral? You can do, yeah. Ugh. Especially if it's outside your hospital. That is annoying. Talking to you, I just don't get any sense of how doctors actually have time to treat patients or talk to patients. I mean, I guess that's what us med students do, eh? Have a good long natter with them because we've got all the spare time without those kind of responsibilities. Well, this is the part of the job, really, doing referrals. James, what is what is the worst referral that you've ever given? Probably one of those ones I was super confident about that I thought I'd be able to just bat away and, like, sort it out mm. and, and then realise it, like, being shot down by, like, a colleague. They are the worst. Like, mouth, your mouth goes dry, you yeah. start... You lose the whole train of thought and your whole team's watching you and it's like a, ni- a nightmare. The sweat oh, starts dripping. Yeah. Oh, and then you have to like put the phone down and all your team is saying, what What did they say? And you're like, I'm going to have to phone them back later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens time to time. So yeah. what did you do? You just have to make an excuse. I always make, you just make an excuse. Oh, someone's taking the notes away. I'll have to call you back later. It's <laughs> <laughs> a basically lie. That's you, how you no, a white lie. Just get you out of the bad situation. Get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. Or you just, just get someone to take the notes away. So that you the escape route, just drop them on the I floor. guess they can't see you, can you? Fling them across the room. So Declan, it sounds like you found some of that stuff relatable. Have you got your own other horror stories? I don't, I don't know whether this is, is, a, is a good one. It's just my clinical inadequacy but patient came in with suspected caudal equiner and I was told to go see them did a full examination took a history thought I'd done a really good job um, did my referral using the s-bar kind of technique um, and the patient and the um, reg was like okay I'll come have a look they examined them and found <laughs> completely different findings oh man uh, that does crush you doesn't it yeah it does a little bit I thought I'd done a real good job really thorough um, and then they came and they're like no 
I mean, is this Not the kind of suspected, thing? Yeah. Is this the kind of thing that winds so you up, James? I once, that just reminded me, I once got a referral from one of the senior consultants to go and see someone in A&E that she'd seen earlier because mm. she was worried about them. And I completely found opposite the opposite findings to what she'd found. Yeah. What did you and say? It, it didn't really change the management because it wasn't um, a severe problem. But uh, yeah, you've just got to be very diplomatic and how you then write up your notes. <laughs> yeah. Was that doctor diplomatic with you, De- uh, Declan? I mean, they, they were quite kind to me, to be honest. I think they uh, appreciated me going to see the patient. But yeah, I was like, come down here. I think it's quite an emergency. Might need spinal decompression. <laughs> Turned up, nah. Definitely don't need spinal decompression. <laughs> Just stood there, sweating, looking out the window, thinking, "What an idiot!" You mentioned you mentioned SBAR. Can you just break yeah. down what that is for any medical students listening who haven't heard of that? Yeah, so um, SBAR is used by various different healthcare professionals. I mean, nurses use it quite a lot, um, and in finals exams, it's kind of what you're used to, what you're told to um, use as a as a basis to um, structure your referrals. So it's S, so um, situation. Have you written it down? Oh, I have right. written it down, right? <laughs> You've written it down <laughs> notes. He doesn't know it by heart. So it's S situation. Um, what does B, that mean? Situation. So, okay, so let's see, go I'm, with... I'm being the moody medred. Let's go, well, go on, grumpy so medred. Just putting you on the spot. Go with an example of, I guess, so situation. I have this patient that I'm worried about in A&E who has been coughing up some phlegm and is breathless. I think she's having an exacerbation of COPD and I'm quite worried about it. So the basis of the situation that you see in front of you. B. And B is background. Um, so you will have took a history from this patient. So this is an 88-year-old lady who has a history of COPD and has seemed to be deteriorated and she was brought in by the ambulance an hour ago kind of the general background right a a assessment so her oxygen saturations on 82 percent on whatever percentage of oxygen you've given her um blood pressure respiratory rate etc your recommendation so what i've done so far is i've treated them with nebulized ibuprofen bromide and given them some antibiotics he's just done finals you can tell (laughs) (laughs) Um, really coming through and i've got the physio to do some physiotherapy on them on the chest um, Are you I'm feeling get- intimidated, Ryan? Because I am. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't I'm know so hot. Half of what you're <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting a little bit worried about that. Um, I would recommend. Would it be possible for you to to come down and see this patient? As I'm getting a little bit worried. Um, and is there anything I can do in the meantime? Wow. When I asked you what SBAR stood for, I had no idea that it was going to turn into the yeah, ultimate uh, revision tool for learning I mean, the yeah. basic SBAR basics. If anyone about infective exacerbation COPD, there you go. That's <laughs> Declan's your expert. <laughs> James, what do you think of that referral? Is that, would you accept <laughs> Please that? be kind. Uh, <laughs> Don't be grumpy. It would you fine. hang up? Would you hang up? Well, fine. he didn't introduce himself. <gasps> so, yeah, oh, so the that basis. Was, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good otherwise. You got it, It's about just getting to the point early on about why you're doing it. So okay. that, you did that well. I, uh, that's a pass. Thank you. Not, not <laughs> a reluctant, grumpy, a reluctant pass. <laughs> she definitely needs to come in. Her oxygen levels are too low. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, I got the chance to talk to someone in Australia who noticed this problem about um, how newly qualified doctors might struggle with patient referrals when they first start doing them. You know, it can be something quite new and scary. Um, and she actually did something about it. She made a patient referral cheat sheet. So I got the chance to talk to her about it. It's uh, it's Charlotte Durand, um, and she's a, a junior doctor in Australia. Here it is. A lot of us feel 
that we want to be really good at everything right away. And oh, a lot of us it. really feel like we get down on ourselves if we're not doing things right. And so when I went through intern year, I had a little piece of paper on my clipboard and every time I would make a referral or a phone call to a different specialty, if they would ask for something that was important to them, I would make sure I jotted it down on my little my list. And so by the end of the year, I'd collected all these little random scribblings about what different specialties mm. wanted to know from my experience. And it just came about as necessity, I guess, from having to rifle through the notes really quickly to try and find the key past medical history or frantically clicking in the background of a phone call, trying to find the latest bloods or something like that. And um, a lot of the other interns that I worked with came and saw the list and sort of made their own copies and jotted it down or sometimes even photocopied it. And I kind of forgot about it until I started this year. And you occasionally hear a registrar sigh on the phone because maybe an intern hasn't made the best referral, but the registrar has forgotten that they were once an intern mm. and they didn't know anything. And as you go through medicine, things become common sense, but you had to learn those things yeah. and work really hard to learn them in the beginning. And so it came about as a result of that, me wanting to pass on a nicer looking version of that list mm. that I'd created with maybe a bit more input from people that were more experienced than I was. Yeah. So do you, do you see people around your hospital using your sheet? Have people printed it off? Yeah. Probably the best feedback has been working in ED at the moment and seeing interns quickly looking at it on their phone before they make a referral or having interns come up to me and saying, hey, did you make that? I found it really helpful. That's a massive boost and that was yeah. really wonderful. So the interns are feeling a bit more confident. And how about the registrars? Are they are their blood pressures oh, going well, down haven't... a bit? Are they a bit more... Uh... <laughs> I haven't had any feedback from registrars, but I guess as I rotate through different rotations, I'll be able to um, see how it goes during the year. I hope that it's made the um, interface between the person making the referral and the person taking the referral a little bit less friction in that conversation that relationship so mm. hopefully it's made everyone maybe have a little bit more of a harmonious existence if yeah. such a thing is possible yeah, I mean so if you've learned one thing from this whole process of making a referral cheat sheet what would it be what are you going to take away from this as someone making a referral or making the cheat sheet there is no way you could ever please everyone to a hundred percent you know for example there was people commenting about all the things that they would like to know about a referral, but they were registrar level things rather than intern level things. So I think there's always going to be people who expect more and want more. And you have to be okay with that when you're junior and you're making a referral because you can get really hard on yourself. Um, if they ask you questions that you can't provide the answer to, or if you get flustered, or if maybe your experience on the phone hasn't been great, or you get nervous or anxious but at the end of the day the focus is not on you and the that person the focus is the patient mm. and so being able to communicate these things um, about a patient is great to help get timely and effective and collegiate care from a multidisciplinary team yeah. but at the end of the day if you're worried about a patient then that's all you need to say really most most people you're referring to the patient is their main goal and the patient care is their main priority. So if you say, hey, 
I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know all the details. I'm really worried about this patient. Here is what I do know. I'd really love your help. You know, that's the key. All the details are things that you will learn over time, but having the patient at the centre is the key. We'll go from zero knowledge to perfect knowledge of how to make a flawless patient referral with the help from James, I'm sure. Um, But that'll be right after this. How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. All right, back to the show. So, James, I saw you shaking your head really vigorously at one point in the interview, which is when mm-hmm. Charlotte said that... Uh, well, no, when I asked Charlotte whether the blood pressures of the med regs had gone down as a result of the cheat sheet, as a result of doctors using it, <laughs> you shook your head. Why were you shaking your head? The blood pressure for med regs is dependent on so many other things. Referrals oh. is just one part of our job. Oh, so it's a drop in the ocean. So it is a drop in the ocean. <laughs> You're saying but nothing... it's a really important one. What she was talking about, reducing the friction, is completely true. Uh, anything you can do when you're making a referral to kind of make it easier for the person. So, sometimes people offer to bring ECGs to you because they know where you are. That All that stuff makes it much better for the person being referred to. Oh, you had me worried there for a minute. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were telling us that there was nothing we could do to make your life better. Um, Those junior doctors, you know? There, Yeah, there is. Chocolate, coffee. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, come on, mate. This <laughs> Do we really want to be encouraging that kind of stuff on the... Fruits, you know, <laughs> healthy snacks. No, I meant bribery. Oh, I'm bribery. I'm not sure bribery is Bribery, complete. Hospitals have run on bribery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Should we bring some frozen grapes? <laughs> frozen grapes. <laughs> yeah, you went here on our previous podcast yeah, recording, but do go back and grapes. give it a listen, uh, you guys at home, if you haven't heard it yet, because it's an absolute cracker from the previous <laughs> episode. The frozen grapes episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should rename the title. <laughs> Um, and have you, have you, do you feel like what Charlotte said is true? Do you feel like as a med reg, you've maybe forgotten a bit about how Completely. scary and how new Completely. it is to do this kind of stuff as a um, junior? As you move up, one of the things you do lose a bit of sight on is what you knew when you were kind of starting out. Yeah, I think what really resonated me really is the phrase, things become common sense. Mm. I mean, just as being a medical student from finishing final finals compared to being a first year, the amount of knowledge you know is completely vast and I'm mm. sure the, the differences would be equal from, if not more, exponential from what I know compared to what you know. Yeah, that's such a good point actually. Like yeah. I know, like I remember starting clinical school, there was so, like it was like a completely new language. Mm. There were so many yeah. words I just didn't know that people were tossing around. Yeah. 
all and they change as well. That so no understand. stuff when I graduated, things have changed. Oh, don't even say since that, then. James. I know it's right. What is, what is the point of a study for exams? <laughs> it's all going to change. Anyway. I mean, the most important message really is to remember everyone's a human. So uh, sometimes you'll phone someone, and within one second, you'll know they're in a bad mood, um, and you have to have a way of approaching that person and basically just laying out your case why you need to have it done right now. If it doesn't have to happen right then, if they're in a grumpy mood, phone them back later. Um, if I'm in a bad mood or I've just had like something crazy go on as a med reg, often I'll just tell the person like, give me, phone me back in 10 minutes because after like dealing with a medical emergency, your brain doesn't kick back in for like a while afterwards. So that's quite but good remembering that people that, are human is important. Mm. and win this stuff yeah. so wise I think that's I feel cool. like I'm a wise owl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so other than knowing how to refer to someone that doesn't really want to be referred to being a bit grumpy the other one is when you're really worried so not quite putting cardiac arrest calls out mm -hmm. but just before then how yeah, you so, need to yeah so Charlotte mentioned actually that if if you're concerned about a patient and you can communicate why then that yeah. should be enough to get someone's attention is, yeah. do you agree with that is that sort of like the bare minimum that we could I get away with in an important situation one of the tricks i've learned it may be like Joda, uh, jedi mind tricks but um <laughs> using an emotion when you're talking to someone so i am really worried about this person they can't no no one can say no you're not because yeah, it's an emotion yeah. and then if you can back it up with because their blood pressure is really low and i don't know what to do next then that will often in most normal people, most normal med regs, that would click in a thing and you would be walking to the ward as you having the phone call. Okay. Um, often I'll say, don't talk to me, I'm going to come there. And That's I'll quite a up. nice, pleasing, concrete tip there that you've given us. Good. That's my aim. Yeah. So I, I, it, it, you have to judge the situation and don't use that all the time because when you, the thing is, when I walk up, you will still be on the ward. And if it's a duff referral and it wasn't that bad, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I won't shout, but I'll be annoyed because obviously there's other things to be done. Have you ever made a newly qualified doctor cry? I don't think so. Do I don't panel. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did find out from one group of F1s at the end of the year. I, I try and pride myself on being nice at most times. I'm a Jerry's reg. So you know. you're not actually a, a grumpy med reg? I try not to be. But apparently some of them were scared <laughs> of me. But that's because it's a two-way thing because I try to be nice, but people think you are a medreg, and so they project what they think a medreg is like onto you mm. is what I think. Or maybe I'm just grumpy. <laughs> you mentioned before that you've done some referrals. Which ones yeah. have you found challenging? Um, I mean, so the referrals that I've done have, have kind of just been fairly basic no yeah, no real when have you ever gotten the chance to do a referral i've finished finals all, all of my all of my fifth year was pretty much on placement so we were, were we were referring people every day um they've kind of they've not really been emergency referrals so yeah. um my, my worst one really was when i said hi i'm a medical student um i came to ask about this patient and they said why is a medical student referring to me and put the phone down wow. um <laughs> so ouch yeah, which I mean, it's kind of, kind of goes back to this interview really about um, we all want to be perfect straight away and mm. don't don't be too hard on yourself because I mean I guess medicine attracts certain personalities and some specialties yeah. I guess and um, yeah you have to not be too hard on yourself when something like that happens. Mm. That really that really resonated with me as well, and actually I think maybe in the future um, on Sharp Scratch we should do an episode about how to 
deal with how to cope with colleagues who are being who are speaking sharply mm. to you who are just generally being a bit of a dick you know um because i think we were talking about it in our last episode as well james we were talking yeah. about how doing the night shift can make us as ourselves like quite short-tempered yeah so you know we I think maybe I we should dedicate an episode to this. I've done yeah. many a night shift. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should go um, back and listen to episode one, mate. Let me just use this little break from the podcast to tell you how much we appreciate you listening to Sharp Scratch. We appreciate you so, so much, and we want you to know that. So we've teamed up with On Examination to get you a discount on all their exam question banks. If you've not heard of it, On Examination is a question bank for medical exams. I, for one, based my entire revision strategy last year on exam questions. They are invaluable. Personally, I just wish I'd known sooner that On Examination has tailored question banks for the first three years of med school too, as well as for finalists. But hey, I missed out, and I'll just make use of the one for the finalists. And now, On Examination is giving all of us a special sharp scratch discount of 15%. So if you're going for, say, your first year medical student exam, then you'll pay £8.50 instead of £10 for a three-month subscription. The discounts are across all medical students' exams, and we've even thrown in the MRCP Part 1 as well. So head to the student section of onexamination.com, select your exam, and enter SHARP SCRATCH, that's all caps and no spaces, at the checkout for a 15% discount. That's 15% off on examination with a promo code of SHARP SCRATCH, all caps, no spaces. And later on, I'll let you know how you could win a free on examination subscription as a SHARP SCRATCH listener. But for now, let's get back to the show. So James, I'm a fourth year medical student, as I uh, mentioned earlier, and I've never referred. Um, okay. The closest thing I've got to referral is seeing uh, on a GP placement, um, the GP referring a patient to a specialist. So can you explain to me in the most basic terms, like the process of yeah. it? So, I mean, we use the term referral for loads of different things. So um, if you're based on a ward, then it's often to get another team's advice or for them to come and see the person, the patient, because uh, you're worried mm-hmm. about a specific problem related to their specialty. So that's one type of referral. The other might be um, when you're an A&E doctor or a GP, for example, and you think that someone needs to be seen by a specialist and be admitted under their care. So that's another type of referral. So uh, that's probably the most referrals that happen for a MedReg is from A&E. Mm-hmm. Or GPs, mainly A and E. Can we go just even more basic than that? Like, sure. how do you, how do you start? A refer- you know, someone yeah. says to you on the ward, like, um, you know, you're in a ward round or something, like maybe like what you've done, Declan. Yeah. Like, what, what's that first step you take yeah. after a, a, a more senior doctor says to you? Can you just, can you uh, sort this patient out, refer yeah. them to the medreg? What? So yeah, my like- f- my thing would be immediately say if you if you don't have a clear idea why, it might be obvious. Um, just say to your senior what what's the question you want answered or what do you want them to come to to add or that you need to work out a way of saying it that doesn't piss your boss off but um <laughs> just pushing back and it's it's kind of similar when you're speaking to radiology why do we want the scan like can you just tell me what to ask or what to say and for the reason um especially at the beginning that's quite useful so step one is Unders- check in why understand yeah. why and speak to your senior because um, often if you speak to specialties, a bit like you were mentioning before, that person put the phone down on a med student. Mm. Um, if you say, my consultant has asked me to speak to you about this, that yeah. kind of is enough that they have to listen to you. So if you've had a chat, 
and understand what is, the the reason is. Is there an implication there that they don't have to listen to you without that? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's quite true. a serious I point mean, there, I, actually. Like, I you think know, you, you probably should take all the phone calls, really, shouldn't you? It could be an ill patient. Yeah, you should. You think there's an obligation to do it, really, but yeah, there's, it's actually part of the GMC I mean, good I was, medical practice. Part, of, part of a referral really. is kind of passing over some clinical responsibility, mm. um, and so yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know. Got what it written is. down here if you guys want to hear exactly go what on, the guideline is. Go on, go for it. Oh. When you are on duty, you must be readily accessible to patients and colleagues seeking information, advice, or support. So there it is, right there in the guidelines. So they have it's to take rule. their phone calls whether they like it or not, really. Well, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah, it was a really surprising story for me, actually. That yeah, actually, I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. in the context of all talking about the other pressures that are in well. there, but, I don't think it's unique. But yeah, just in your little inflection there about mm. you know that they have to listen to you if the consultant mm. says um, you know is saying the referral should happen. But it just comes with extra weight, doesn't it? That's yeah. I that, mean, when yeah, I was an F one and speaking to the radiology consultant, you just go, "My boss has told me to get this scan," and then it, they kind of have to do it, but they might make you go Eesh. through the process. These hierarchies in the NHS, man. There is. Yeah. There's too many of them. How do you know what phone number to use? That's a, I was, it's a really simple yeah, question, no, but you know, it's, it's yeah. a mystery. Is How, it like a list or something? Yeah, so where's the list? There are, so every hospital's different. Uh, normally the MedReg one's like really simple one, like 101 or the bleep numbers are simple. So you just dial those three numbers, 101. There's a, every system in the hospital will be different. So normally you press seven or nine and then it will take you to the bleep system and then you put in the bleep number and then you put in your, your phone number where you are. Oh, so you're not actually ringing them up on their phone you're bleeping them some hospitals you will get you. the med reg has a phone sure but mm. i would always say bleep them because they might be in the middle of something else mm. um so yeah the bleep lists will every hospital has a different place to hold them but there are apps now where you can download the whole bleep list for the hospital so when i'm in my first hospital either i ask this stupid question to someone else where's the bleep list mm. or where what kind of places might i find it um, I mean, if that? you if you're starting as F1, you should have that week or so where you overlap with the yeah, past yeah. F1, and they should show you where it all is. There are apps which most people download, which will give you the the bleep lists. The other thing is, there's a person on switchboard 24 hours a day. So if you just need a number, you don't know what it is, and you can't find it, you just phone bleep. So uh, desk. have Sorry, you, bleep Declan desk. and Ryan, have you guys ever phoned a switchboard? Yes. Yeah, so okay, so I've got experience of switchboards. <laughs> <laughs> I run switchboard a lot. That's a start. You so ring when a switchboard? I'm, yeah. You know, so like when I'm you're not even really remember, sure what happens when you, you ring switchboard. I thought it was like a generation. And basically, because you're there for so long, they just I've gone to speak to switchboard people and they know who you are from your voice because they work there so often. Mm. And they know if you're a grumpy person or a rude, or, they will remember. Well, oh, okay. so the switchboard yeah. people have memories. So they're not just the switchboard Do they work in the a hospital? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, where? Yeah. Where do they work? So <laughs> like m- it's often behind reception. There's like a yeah. blacked out. It's always oh, windowless wow. room. It's wow. always... They make the hospital run. So you were, you were... Sorry, I interrupted your story No, there. that's fine. So the switchboard, yeah, I ring the switchboard quite a lot. And to be honest, sometimes they're human. Sometimes it's like the automated... The newer ones oh, are yeah. like automated. So Maybe like it's a human just... who just sounds automated. <laughs> don't yeah. judge, man. Yeah. Probably say Maybe. the same stuff all day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a blacked out. But where, where were you ringing them? So often when, like as a medical student on, on in the hospital, you're running around looking for the doctor and you can't usually find them. So you have to ring around the department, the you know, secretary and, and whatnot. And 
you spend a lot of time doing that as a medical yeah, student. Yeah, I think really the solution to all problems, really, aren't they? If you're having trouble, yeah, exactly. And just then they'll sort you out. I think. Oh, fair play, I'm missing a trick here because yeah, I know yeah. that. I know that thing about running around looking for the person yeah, who's supposed yeah. to be supervising yeah. on your first day because they don't know that you're arriving necessarily in a hospital. But usually they're very helpful. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a hack that I'm going to take away from this episode of the podcast into my next placement when I go back to uni in September. The other thing to talk about, I guess, is that things are changing at the moment. So let's put my other hat on, my NHS England hat. There's more and more digital referral tools coming out. Um, Matt Hancock doesn't like bleeps. I don't know if you've heard yeah. about page uh, the page, yeah. Purge the Pager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've so heard of the facts. Acts the facts, and then it's followed by yeah. Purge the Pager. So a lot of places are moving over to different systems. Um, so like if you're trying to refer to neurosurgery or some of the specialist services that aren't based in your hospital, often it will be an online, online form. Yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that I've seen more of, actually, this online... So all this phone the stuff, the non-urgent about, so. stuff, can go on. Oh, and, okay. Um, you, you still put the urgent stuff on, but then you call as well. Um, what? So, hang places, on, so you have to fill in a form and call anyway. Yeah. So it's twice as much work. It is a bit. It is work. But I think that's the. But then there's a It's the record. initial transition from the bleep to the the new system. So I guess. It, but also writing it down can help structure in your mind and. When you go through a structured online form, it will ask you like the things that, and it will be like this cheat sheet. Uh, it will uh, ask you the things that neurosurgeon wants to know about. Oh, so we can just finish so, cheat sheet now. Sorry, Charlotte, if you're listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a useful tool for now, but as you move forward, some of it should be built into the systems that we make. So I know earlier you were very resistant to Declan asking you for five top tips, but I do want to ask you right now what would you say sort of top hacks for us to do a good patient referral how can we make you as least grumpy as possible um introduce yourself clearly and explain very early on what you want um and where you're phoning from and just be human so if they sound really stressed or there's loads of noise going on um just say is this a good time should i call back later or is there another should i put a paper referral in um or just ask, you know, do you want me to call back another time? Um, I think they're the most... Just remember that when you're being a medreg, you can be quite direct. And sometimes people take that really the wrong way. But we, you know, it's just a tough job. Mm. And you've got to communicate directly as well. Sometimes yeah. just saying it how it is is how you've got to do it. Anything else? I would try and get a structure and prepare what you're going to say beforehand. And if you, that means writing down what you're going to say and any important bits, that's quite useful to do I think especially if you're brand new and then be aware that you're going to have to write down a list of jobs and actions so making sure that you've got a bit of paper or the computer system booted up um, so that when they give you the jobs you can write them down because especially at the beginning there might be jobs that you you know aren't that used to sorting out so and don't be don't be afraid to ask questions either of your bosses about why you're going to make the referral or asking the person the specialist for clarification what the hell they mean because sometimes they'll speak in jargon like kind of like what we were doing today yeah Yeah. one of the tricks actually which i should have mentioned before is trying to spin it to pert their interest a little bit so if you say i really don't know what's going on here i just need some advice if you're having a bit of a dull day as a medreg that can sometimes just be enough to make you a bit more interested that can be quite scary to admit that i don't know what's going on 
It can be. It feels like I'm putting myself in a um, position there. But sometimes, I mean, to doctors who, we are problem solvers naturally. It can be enough to just flip a switch and to make someone interested in what you're about to say. And it's also a bit of professional flattery because you're saying that they're really intelligent and you want their advice, (laughs) which is really nice to hear (laughs) after all the years of training. That's kind of like what we've done by inviting you on the podcast today. You're just such an expert, James. Thank you for your wisdom. (laughs) You're just so wise, like a wise owl. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much. That's really sort of demystified the process for me and hopefully what you've taught me today James and also Declan will bless some of the med regs that I work with in the future <laughs> make their lives a bit easier yeah. even if it doesn't manage to lower their blood pressure at all it's given me a lot of clarity as well and and what to expect and sort of how not to piss off the med reg <laughs> when I do get on the wards yeah and hopefully for our listeners as well hopefully we'll yeah. all take this information with us wherever we go and all around the nation Med Regis will feel like <laughs> <laughs> from this single podcast. Very, very slightly. A drop in mean blood helps. pressure. That's all from us on Sharp Scratch today. If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts, and in two weeks' time, you'll get our next episode straight to your phone. In the meantime, check us out on social media. We're on at studentbmj on Twitter at student underscore bmj on instagram and student bmj on facebook all the links are in the description let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag sharp scratch we'd love to hear your ideas for what we should cover on later in the season it's also really helpful to us if you leave a rating and a review on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other med students find the show and as a thank you for leaving a review we've got two free on examination subscriptions to give away so that's free access to a med student question bank just absolutely ideal for exam season So if you'd like to be up for winning a free on-examination subscription, then leave a review and let us know on social media that you've done so, and we'll randomly select two people as winners. The links to our social media are in the description, so tag us and tell us your reviewer username. And hey, whilst you're there, you may as well let us know what you think we should cover later in the season with the hashtag SharpScratch. We'd really appreciate reading all your feedback in the reviews and on social media. So that's two free on-examination subscriptions to win if you leave a review, Tag us on social media and tell us your review username for a chance to win. Next time, we're going to be talking about research projects, how you and I can start projects that could actually change something. That's uh, And that's all from me. That. You look forward I to it? I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see how this podcast turns out and maybe we'll invite you back. Oh, maybe. thanks. Mm. <laughs> it's been that good, has like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, until next time that's uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from me and bye from me uh, and from me as well thanks, thanks.